Rock and roll. I believe we're live. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Robert, and I'm joined by the telco big dog, Mr. Jason Paris, CEO of Vodafone New Zealand. How are you, mate? Kia ora. I'm excellent. Thanks, mate. Um, at home, you've, you've gone remote, you've said. How's the um, the instant transition to, to re- remote life for the next, next wee while? I actually think our kids would rather be at school. It's easier for them than uh, being at home, to be fair. As, as, the, as the questions just gone up, just like nonstop, just, just chaos, it's all right? Uh, my wife's a massive nerd. So she's got a schedule of maths, English, science. Oh, really? Story. Yeah, I know. There's a, 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 is, it printed on, is it printed on the fridge and it's, <laughs> you've got schedules? It's, got, it's already with the um, magnet on the fridge. So uh, our 13-year-old wants to go back to school already. But um, no, it's good. We're kind of bunkering down and uh, looking after ourselves. The um, for some reason, I thought you would have still been in the um, the, the the office. It's, it's full lockdown, but I imagine because how so all of your zoom out for a second. So they made the call yesterday, three going to four. How many of the staff in the next twenty four hours will be now going remote from what was had already happened before? Like, what's the percentage shift been? And I guess did you know it was coming? Yeah, no, we're pretty ahead of the game, to be honest. So a few weeks ago, we well, like we already have um, business continuity planning in place because we're an essential service. Um, so, you know, you've got to be prepared for anything when you're running a network that connects millions of New Zealanders. And so we have people split across different sites already from a network and IT and a customer service perspective. Um, and they have, um, and what we just decided to do a little while ago was make their sites dedicated. So because this was a virus, uh, you can't see it. Um, what we said to our network and IT and service teams is now that the hub that you're working in, that's your hub, and then you can go home. You can't go to multiple sites because we didn't want to, you know, get the virus ac- across different sites. So we did that at the start. Um, we put our own um, uh, about a, ten days ago now, which feels like a long time ago. Uh, we put our teams in split shifts, which basically, if you know, if you're in HR or legal or marketing you kind of half and half and half would work from Wednesday to the following Tuesday. And then, then the other half would come on the following Wednesday and work to the following Tuesday just to, you know, you see those graphs internationally. And when I was talking to my mates, uh, the other CEOs of Vodafone in Italy or Spain, Germany that had been hit harder than or faster than we had, um, they said that was quite a good move. So we did that. Um, And then when we saw level two announced on Saturday, we, we've always tried to go to the next level. So we went to level three, potentially even level four immediately, where we said to all non-critical staff, you're now working from home on from Monday. So no one came into the office on Monday. And then anyone who is in a critical role that can work from home, and most of them can, not all of them, but most of them can, then um, they're working from home already as well. And then we've got... Um, less than 5% of our workforce now uh, who is uh, having to work um, in office buildings because they are keeping our technology running. The one that's the outlier, Robert, is um, our retail stores. So Uh, we've just been looking to get some guidance from um, the government on are retail stores an essential service uh, or not? And so Spark, two degrees in ourselves, just been working on that overnight. And we're, like, I don't know where we'll end up, but what we're thinking is maybe a, um, a small set of satellite um, stores that are open only for physical handset and modem distribution. So if something happens at home and you need 
a device or a router to get connected, then um, then at least you've got somewhere physical that you can go. So we're both still working yeah. through that in the next kind of 24, 24 hours. Yeah, it's quite interesting because I guess what you've went through on um, the interesting part there is you jumped to three slash four when when they went to two to be ahead of it. And I guess now most other non-essential services and these other businesses, they're scrambling like shit for this next I mean, last night, like it was, my phone was blowing up, emails, all sorts. Everyone's just kind of cranking out, and it was. I was quite, I was almost surprised at the naivety of some of the people not realizing that this was a possibility, and they hadn't actually planned. Um, how how many staff is in Vodafone now in NZ? Like, how how big is the company that's now, I guess, remote? Like, how how many staff? How many locations? So we've got two thousand uh, oh, employees. Geez. But then seven thousand, uh, another five thousand other partners. So seven thousand families that we impact, one way or the other, through our partnership. So we've got a massive responsibility, um, you know, as a large corporate in New Zealand, to put our well-being of our people and our partners first and foremost. And I think, as I mentioned before, being part of Vodafone Group, um, you you kind of have this ability. Oh, I go on a call every. A couple of days with the CEOs around the world and what's happening. And again, when you can see talk to um, Aldo, who's the CEO of Italy, who's been you know hit really hard, and uh, get some insight from him on the things that he wish wishes now that he had have done uh, maybe mm. a month or two ago means that we can get ahead of the game. So we are pretty well prepared. But to be honest, we scramble every day. Like even yesterday, we had massive network congestion when the um, PM announced. Uh, level two, and basically what happened? What we've got, we've got a lot of capacity um, built into our networks. All of us do for um, spikes. Like um, even from a broadband perspective, actually, we built quite a lot of capacity for Rugby World Cup last year on the broadband network and it, that didn't come. So um, we thought it would be much bigger than it was, and so we've actually got a really good, solid broadband network and infrastructure across New Zealand, across all telcos now. But what we didn't expect is yesterday, as soon as that level two announcement happened, we got a massive spike in just call traffic. Not people not people using Skype or WhatsApp, but just people using calls. So 200% spike and um, that put massive load that we didn't anticipate over like a 15, 20, 30 minute period that overloaded two degrees, Spark and Vodafone and um, took us a little while to work together as an industry to get that back on get that back on track so although you can't you know these types of situations you can, it's impossible to prepare for anything for everything it's pretty awesome that you've got the uh, capability and the the option to be able to get like global visibility to the insights of how all all the other leaders have been sort of dealing with these things right because obviously especially that um the italian side from a, the, the telco perspective and even just the, the comms on day-to-day -day basis it's quite uh, it, it's refreshing I guess knowing that everyone's sharing the blueprints of what to do and how to do it better and, and that info coming down in real time, right? So that's kind of cool. And it also makes me kind of think about the idea of um, if this happened 10 years ago, the trust in the technology of like Skype bandwidth's going at, you know, flipping slower and static and whatever else as well. And like now we're in the world of, you know, 4K and 8K things and 5G streaming and all this other crazy shit. Um, it's almost what has been good is no one's actually technology for survival everyone's worried about other stuff and you fast you know only just 10 years ago um the idea of even remote work for 7,000 people probably wasn't even an option so in many ways technology this is really putting global tech to the test right 
Yeah, it is. Like, I think actually mental health has been a big driver of this and uh, flexible working. Like, we talk a lot of Vodafone. If you're not great at home, you can't be great at work. And we talk about work-life choice, not work-life balance. So the worst place you can be in is if you're at home distracted by work or at your work and you're distracted by stuff at home. So most, a lot of organizations have had um, flexible working in place for a while and therefore are prepared with um, some of those uh, tools like, um, like Skype or Zoom or Microsoft Teams um, to be able to uh, still do their job uh, and work remotely. We're at the challenges of me doing it at scale, right? And having to prepare mm-hmm. for it over a matter of weeks or, or days. And, you know, even for ourselves, um, you know, call centers being shut down and, and um, getting every single one of our teams who helps customers in retail stores or in, uh, in service centers to be able to have a the technology at home to be able to do it so we've just you know distributed laptops etc but then we don't have enough laptops for you know we've got hundreds not thousands and then you've got to worry about the security issues so when you're helping a customer in a retail store or 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 a call center you know you've got um, people's passport details their driver's licenses there and when you're working from home you've got other family members around you so you've got some really big privacy Mm. and security issues that you've got to navigate through as well so they're really important. Um, uh, again, we've got very clear policies and plans in place for them, but it does slow you down a little bit. So, you know, we've got some call centre staff offshore in India. Again, we need to make sure that um, if any of those teams uh, need to work from home to support our customers, again, this, the right security and privacy measures are in place for them. Actually, one thing, Robert, which I think I know you'll like, um, we've got a small call centre in Manila, um, about 50 people based over there that help us with a bunch of stuff. 12 of them have volunteered to live on site uh, away from their families in self-isolation to help Vodafone New Zealand customers. Man, like what a sacrifice. That is just incredible. Or unless their wives or husbands are just real shit and they want them out of the house. They're like, <laughs> they're like take your 5G and piss off. It's Netflix time. <laughs> what yeah, legend. Have you, have you seen that meme where um, it goes, ask that guy, A, do you want to be isolated with your wife and your kids? Or B, Is that B, B, B. B. A, A. <laughs> well, no, the, the one I saw, which is where it's like in nine months, without a doubt, there is about to be a shit ton of babies born and the <laughs> legal profession for divorces just go through the flip and roof. Like, there's going to be this gap where they're still stuck out there. Out. So it's like, okay, and you know, these laws are like, okay, virtual divorcing. How do I navigate these contracts? It's going to be chaos. But kind of, probably to the point though, right? Like with, with any um, special circumstances like this, it makes everyone, I, th- I think it's, it's, I'm calling it like forced creativity and innovation. Like I'm seeing it in music, I'm seeing it on TikTok, I'm seeing it in ideas, I'm, and even just like live streaming with creativity. All these artists and creators are stuck in one place by force, and it's been crazy because that you can watch them. I've been watching a couple of them every day. Not that they're going crazier and crazier, but they're forced to create, and which is quite quite for those that can create and, and love that sort of world. Um, I think it's really awesome because it's actually um, pushing a lot of innovation and things to the forefront. But from a, I was going to ask actually from the remote side. So you've got seven thousand employees. How do you like employees and another five thousand families that uh, rely on us in some way, shape, or form? Yeah. So you, I mean, you, your payroll is stacked, right? So how do you 
Part of the big thing around going to work is the community and the people that you work with and your crew and the water cooler chad and all the rest of it, right? How do you lead a company of your size remotely? Like, how do you lead remotely when you're stuck in a room like everyone else? How do you, what do you do? How do you approach it? That's actually a big, a big part of leadership and management, right? Yeah. So I think you've got the formal tools, right? So we published um, a kind of a Vodafone playbook, work from home playbook, actually. And I shared it on LinkedIn a couple of days ago now because I thought it was a nice tool that um, the team had worked on that other businesses might benefit from. So you've got all the stock standard stuff around advice on, you know, set up a dedicated place for you to work. So, you know, you're in your work zone and then you're, at, you know, you're outside of work zone. Set boundaries on hours, on when you're going to work, when you're going to take breaks, try and eat healthy. Uh, don't feel guilty because you're not working um, 100% of the time because, you know, when you don't have that separation, all of a sudden I feel like, oh, well, I need to do more. Actually, the best time is just to have those mental health breaks, spend time with your, with your kids or your pet or um, video you know, calls and mates, et cetera. So all those things, um, making sure you've got the right tools in place, et cetera. But there's some stuff that you just can't, it has to come just who you are, right? And my starting position is be kind. Every yep. situation, be kind. And uh, I think off the back of that, um, that just encourages people to check in on people every day. It means people leaders uh, do cool things like, you know, I've seen awesome stuff from our company and others where people are doing video calls and dress up, yeah, Friday night, social distancing, drinks, all that, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. All that, yeah. I think all that people want to hear is that people care about you and care about other people. And if you can get that, yeah. then uh, it goes a it goes a long, a long, long way. Yeah. One thing I was going to say, Robert, though, you know, um, you talked about creativity. That, res that really resonates with me um, because I do think that different environments, um, uh, pressure and stress can, uh, out of greatness, um, greatness can come. And one of my lines is never waste a crisis. So uh, whenever something happens, in an you need to make sure that you're half glass full on that stuff and go, yeah. how do I lead through it? How do I lean in in a crisis to come out the other side much better? And you've seen so many different startups that have happened through recessionary periods or global financial crisis, or look at the student army off the back of what happened in Christchurch. Uh, um, but it's also big business uh, or existing businesses can do amazing, amazing things too. So I don't know, my view is half glass full, never waste a crisis, lean in, lead through it, and you'll come out the other side much better. Yeah, see, that, see I mess with that shit heavy because one of the things that really frustrates me is when – um, it's not herd mentality of negativity, but when there's a then there's a few people that at mass, I'm not saying it's you know clickbait mafia to 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 just cause panic and fear and get the click rates up to, to get paid from media sites. Actually, like we're the voice of positivity of like how cool is it that a lot of people get to spend time with family? How cool is it that you all these new ideas are coming around? How cool is it that the earth is literally healing itself as we speak because people aren't been going and doing as much chaos? Like I think there's a lot more. Um, I think there's a big gap that's going to be needed in, in, in times like this for, I guess, just positive conversation, more optimistic. Like, I call myself, like, a relentless optimist. Like, mm. even if, I was like, my house is burning down and it's all turned to shit, I'm like, dude, at least I had a house. Mean. You know? <laughs> no, like, it's it's always perspective, you know? Like, I, I still remember, you know, because when I lived in Fiji, when I was super young, I remember I was blessed and I had perspective because at six years old, 
they had leather sandals, not plastic sandals. And then some people didn't have sandals. So I was always like that level of perspective has always been with me from a, a very young age. But I do like, it's been funny what you're saying about the, the backgrounds and stuff with Skype. I'm really intrigued to see how like micro communities engage with like differently over this next month like it's gonna be like closed facebook group group chats like i've already seen it with me and my my boys chat it's just been random um facetime with everyone to see just whoever picks up to say what's up and what's going on just that that kind of that need for interaction which i think technology actually enables and it's not like you're in the fucking wilderness with nothing you know yeah, um, no. well, i was going to ask you do, do you think like around um, you know, you've obviously travelled a bunch, and you've you've been able to work remote. And I guess switch. I call it switching hats between like work time, professional time, personal time, all the rest of it. Like, how do you do you think with this at a macro level that all these businesses are having to go online, all these businesses are having to go remote, all these businesses are having to um, work in a way that hasn't been done before? Do you think the Corona virus and, and what's happened with this has is literally like created almost i'm calling it like a, a new day for business like a new way to do things a new way and all, almost all of these like long-term plans which were down the pipeline have almost been like escalated to to, to to change like do you feel this is almost sped up innovation for where we knew we would get to potentially without a crisis yeah i think it will i think it'll make a massive difference to the way um businesses function the way people collaborate and work uh together i think Travel um, will change, you know, forever. Um, people will work out that actually you don't necessarily need to get on a plane and can, uh, you know, have a high carbon footprint to get to get stuff done. And saying that, I'm a massive Air New Zealand advocate too, man. Like, and <laughs> huge shout out to the incredible New Zealanders who are navigating yeah. through that, like Cam and Jody, who's in HR. They're amazing people. So um, don't get me wrong, I want to support them as much as I can. But I think it will change the way that we work. The other things that I'd say, Robert, is I think it'll make people appreciate um, human contact more as well. Agreed. So I think people took that for granted. Um, and actually, I think it's a massive opportunity. You know, I go back to that kindness thing. I'm on a bit of a bandwagon on this one. You know, I just, I felt like for the last couple of years, you go through society, people are looking down at their phones, not looking up at people. They're not uh, opening doors for people. They're not giving up their seats for people in need. They're not genuinely saying, how are you, and giving a shit what yeah. their response, responses. I think this will change. I think people will care more, will be more kind, and appreciate that human connection that we get, uh, once, we get once we get through this much more than we had in the past. So I think two big benefits. Yes, massive changes to way of working and be more efficient using cool technology, but also a much greater appreciation for people. Yeah, I think I put a little email sent out I sent yesterday. I said, I think I'd rather deal with, you know, the short term pain as a nation financially than death of thousands forever because of, you know, a, a, a lack of judgment or, or, or strong leadership. And, I, and that, that it almost just validates the point of that human connection piece because you think about all this creativity is coming because people, people want people man and people want positive people for this whole thing like i'm already thinking i was even thinking about that the other day i was like man how could you do like a social distancing party and you have like two meter rulers and everyone can stand in a spot and then go around and so there's like still to, to connect but it's good that because i know if this was 10 years ago we would be staffed there would be yeah. way way worse and obviously don't get me wrong like we're not taking this for light lightly because there's a shit ton of businesses that are having to restructure and like I, I, a friend of mine in the event space he had seven million dollars just wiped off his books in 24 hours and he was like that is all these jobs stopped all these people out of business and that's on me 
it's quite um, – it's super gnarly because the, the, the actual flow-on effects, even from the, 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 the tourism side of things, um, for especially for New Zealand, um, there's going to be big impacts financially, right? And I think there's going to be a lot of – probably almost to your point before, actually, Jace, you are talking about, like, the mental health thing. Like, I think there is going to be a massive wave and need for overcoms education and awareness to help these business owners as through this time, right? And, and this is going to be a, a massive, huge challenge. And even a lot of these services can't work for them. They can't physically work, you know? Like some a cleaner at the local gym was like, you know, I've got, where's my kid supposed to go? I'm a single parent. What do I do? How do I go? There's a lot of sort of challenging financial times for businesses. Um, if you were uh, giving advice to, I guess, some of these sort of business owners that are about to have to go through some hard times and make some hard decisions, how would you... Everyone knows it has to be done, but how would you kind of approach it, or what were some some ways that you'd you'd help them navigate this next little bit, which is going to be obviously pretty gnarly? Yeah, I'd say um, first of all, make tough tough decisions early. The, uh, the sooner you can get ahead of the challenges that you are facing and batten down the hatches, uh, the better. Uh, look for support from your partners who are in the same situation. You know, like uh, we understand, we're reliant on small businesses to support us and small businesses are reliant on us to support them. So, you know, one of the things that we did was said, Hey, for the next six months, uh, we will, we'll ensure your connectivity. If you're impacted by COVID-19, no late payment fees. We know you need to work, you know, navigate your way through that. And that's, that's cool. Not us. The, you know, all the industries are coming together and, uh, and, and, and doing that, which I think is, is, um, is, is awesome. Um, I, I would sit down and I would like use the opportunity now to look at um, all the stuff that you were working on that uh, you thought was important. Is it really? So prioritize. Yeah, a good filter, your, right? Your job is to be the best at what your customers value the most and not do anything that your customers don't value. And what you thought they valued before this COVID-19 may have changed. People will um, move to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's about survival. Right, it's about the basics. It's about love. Um, uh, so those are the things I think you need to reflect on on what the kind of human needs are now through COVID nineteen. How your business can uh, can solve those for your for your market and and prioritize, 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 and really start to um, uh, you know review everything you're doing and work out whether it was the right stuff to be to be doing. I don't, but then at a higher level, Robert, you know. Um, I think a country like New Zealand has a massive opportunity. I love that we're going to, I know this sucks, but I know I love we're going to L4 now. And the reason I love level four is if we really as a country embrace level four as a huge opportunity, we could be the first country on this planet to say no COVID-19. Now, how yeah. would that be, man? Like that might mean we have really strict uh, border controls in place for a long period of time. But if we can try and eradicate this virus or get it to a point where it's you know completely controlled what a unique position to do business in new zealand we're 24 hours away but our time zone makes sense we can open up offices for other people around the world we can work while they're hmm. sleeping uh the tourism industry can boom if people are coming in after a period of self-isolation and they know they can go to the bars and they can do the bungee jumps and they can go on the whitewater rafting without having to worry about it. I don't know. It might be a bit fanciful, but no, you know, no, at the high level, I just wonder, man, if we can be the best L4 country in the world, what does that mean for our for our country long term? Yeah, there's a couple of things on that which 
I, I totally mess with it. Like in in America, it's about to go into um, it's going to a massive summer, and it's going to be isolation and and quiet, right? And then after everyone pops up the back end of it, it's going to be getting cold and coming into winter. And if we can knock this thing on the head real quick, and almost like <laughs> from a marketing standpoint, get out front of the market with the first thing we're safe and good, and we fought the shit out, and we're coming into summer. And then tourism rolls up and with Stephen England Hall, I'm on the board with him of um figurines that he will just be like, shit, yes, we're ready for business, let's get it up and go. And that that and when you take a macro view, see I'm the same thing. I, I see the shit as chess. I'm like, I even thought I was like, wait a second, we're about to go into winter and if we go lockdown, okay, so it's gonna get gnarly for a little bit. But when we pop up the other side, I could imagine the next summer globally for New Zealand tourism being off the flipping Richter because if you've been anywhere else in the world and it's been a shit show for six months and now you've you emerged out the other side and you've got freedom, all you're going to want is actual physical escapism <laughs> and the first in the world is New Zealand. You're like, I want to bungee jump. Give me a Ferg burger. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we've all got to play our part, right? Level four Agreed. means level four. Right, do the hard yards now to reap the rewards in six, nine months' time. Yeah, the um, uh, I was going to actually ask a bit more of a, a, a tech question. Um, yeah, data. Everyone's stuck at home. They're going to be cranking the streaming, cranking the video calls, everything else. How have you edit? Are there measures in place to adequately? Um, realize the amount of content that's going to be consumed, connectivity that's going to go through the roof, the amount of streaming, video calls, absolutely everything. From a telco perspective, if there's one service almost in New Zealand that's about to get steamrolled and have everyone consuming its 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 product and services in the next uh, couple of months, it's going to be you. How, how from a, um, a, a data and tech perspective, is Vodafone cranked up to, um, to, to get it up and go for this next little bit? First thing is, um, unfortunately, we've already moved to unlimited, so any of this uh, demand won't generate uh, any massive uh, business ah. change for us, just to be clear, right? So even proactively with the broadband announcement we made, um, we've put all of our uh, broadband customers uh, on copper and fiber on unlimited plans, even if you weren't. To ah, give you that so everyone's hooked up. It's awesome. So everyone's hooked up, which is which is good. And the same thing in mobile. Like I say, from a technical perspective, it's a game of two halves. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. One is um, uh, outside of rural regions, you're sweet. So mobile and broadband connectivity, you are in a great spot. So um, uh, having business continuity, if you can work from home, will be fine. Kids at home doing uh, um, remote learning, that'll be fine. Um uh, what you can do, though, and what would be helpful is um, if you can prioritize business continuity and remote learning and essential stuff over your 4K uh, gaming or Netflix <laughs> streaming, that would be quite nice. Uh, because Use your time with purpose. <laughs> yeah. You know, like even if you want to now watch Netflix at night, um, you know, someone else is going to be doing their homework or um, – or trying to do business, maybe maybe watch that in standard definition versus uh, high, high def. Uh, yeah. From a mobile perspective, you're also good. So uh, our mobile network's uh, really resilient and solid. So your um, mobile connectivity uh, will be fine. And even those little spikes we had, as I mentioned, when the PM uh, announced level two, we had this unprecedented call demand. The technology teams Cross Vodafone Spark and two degrees have resolved that overnight to try and mitigate that moving forward. Rural communities are a bit more challenged, not mm. from a mobile perspective. 
So use your mobile how you would. If you want to go on to unlimited plans and endless data, that's all good. We've got you covered. But, um, you know, it's like uh, when you live in rural communities, you don't get a four-lane highway built to your house. You get a gravel road. Uh, and yep. I think our network in the rural communities is better than a gravel road at this point in time because we've had good government funding to make it possible. Two Degrees, Spark and Vodafone have come together to, to, to co-fund that. But many uh, rural communities have probably about 200 gigs um, of data that they have uh, in their data cap. Now, that is more than enough for you to run your business. That is more than enough for you to uh, do remote learning. That is more than enough more than enough to you to do a remote medical consult if you need some help with a, with a doctor. Uh, it's also more than enough for you to watch a bit of TV. But uh, if you, again, choose in a rural community to blow through your 200 gig data cap by watching... I don't know, you know, 8K uh, something. Yeah, 8K something. <laughs> then, uh, then that's not a wise choice. And also, what happens is when you do that, it, it constrains it for everyone else as well. So we are asking the rural communities to be even more kind um, and even more aware of some of the network constraints that they've got, and uh, use their 200 gigs for business continuity, for medical emergencies, for remote learning. And then a little bit of streaming at night, you know, three or four hours, not uh, not twelve hours of four uh, K. Okay, go read a book, get productive, learn a language, play some music. See, I, I'm I'm more on that sort of buzz. But it's funny you talk about the yeah. two hundred gigs. I still remember the the first um, when I found my first sort of uh, online website thing, two thousand four. There was a, a, a Vodafone three G data stick which you'd plug into the laptop, and it, it, I had one gig to start with. And so I started and, and, and ran a full and online. Uh, I had an e-commerce business when I was, I was selling um, poker chips. That I was importing from China. Um, and then it, I had to put through power logistics. And then I had a, <laughs> well, my margins were epic. I was getting them for 13 bucks US for a 511 and a half gram, five dice, two deck for 13 bucks. And I was selling for 130 with free shipping. So I was, I was, I was on wow. fire, but, um, but I still remember one gig and I would have to think about how I'd navigate my data. I'd be like, okay, so I pre-do all my emails and then send it and I'd just do all these kind of little, little bits and pieces. So it's funny how far we've come and it's the, I guess, first world problems for many. Um, and then, and the outside of that as well, I mean, obviously I appreciate your time. Is there any other last bits and pieces that you, you, you want to talk about or get through? It's pretty, um, pretty appreciate the, the time and obviously the yarns, but we're about to go through a bit of a hunkering down. So hopefully conversations like this, actually people get, um, I don't know, a bit more glass half full, half full, I think, just for what you're saying. Yeah, no, just the key message for me is everything starts with people. Um, be kind, focus on the safety and the health and well-being of, um, of our people, of their um, broader whanau, and, uh, and we'll get through this uh, okay. Uh, you know, you see great things um, come uh, from adversity, and I'm being really impressed with how this country has come together, how industries have come together. Um, so no, mate, like, you know, uh, interesting times, unprecedented times. But as we said, I think what a massive opportunity for a country the size of ours and where we are in the world to do something quite remarkable. I think if um, all Kiwis fully commit to the, the level of not only as a huge for the, for the world, but actually um, a massive, massive commercial opportunity for the nation to rebound back stronger, bigger than ever. So I think we yeah. need 
play chess, not checkers. Um, you can you can think of things a bit different. I think we're both on the same page there. But I know you've you're you're a very busy man. You got your, your seven thousand crew, and you got you you got a lot of shit going on. So I appreciate that you'd, you'd spend the time for even just pop in for half an hour to say what up and um and no talk worries. talk yarns with the rest of it. So I really appreciate it. Um, thanks so much. Uh, anyone else uh, has been just tuning in, checking it out? I've been with uh, Jason Paris, CEO of uh, Vodafone NZ. Kia ora, brother. Love your work, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Eh? Cheers. Thanks for the opportunity. Cheers. Okay. What a good bastard. Flipping, coming up, having good chats. I didn't realize he'd hooked it up all for free for everyone like that. Flipping great. Um, also, we've got uh, Jolie from uh, CEO Spark New Zealand who said she's keen to come and have a chat to and stuff as well in a little bit, which is which is mega. Um, but, and I just want to say thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Um, Jason Paris, CEO of Vodafone uh, New Zealand, joining the show uh, this morning. And yeah, uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, so I know... I think everyone gets on lockdown at midnight tonight. Um, go out there, be kind, as Jason said. Be kind. Be kind. Don't be a duck. Be kind. Adios, everyone. I'll see you all soon. Cheers.